Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. This is Elizabeth McNulty, and welcome to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. Today, I am joined with Megan Crow, Erica Slater, and Liz Lenevy. And we are going to be talking about something that has been a bit of a hot topic through with conversation that we've been having here in the office. I know we've talked about um, things on the podcast like burnout, setting boundaries, and this kind of goes along with that a little bit. And the topic today is going to be, what would you do if you didn't have to work for a living? Meaning it could be you win the lottery one day, you never have to worry about finances again. So what kind of job, if any, would you choose to have? And I know we have some differing opinions on the thought. And for me, it probably depends on the day you catch me. You ask this question, what's gone on in, in my work life that day? Might sway my answer a little bit. If I've had a particularly good day, maybe I'd say that I would want to do this forever, regardless of if I got paid to do it or not. A bad day, I would definitely say I would be happy to hang up my lawyer hat and do something different. So... We are going to talk about that today. Liz, what would you do? I like probably almost every American, I'm sure, has had the thought, if I didn't have to drive into work today, what would I be spending my time doing? I'll be very blunt. Would I come to work and work all the hours that we do and all the stress that we have? Probably not. But would I still want to incorporate the law in my life? Yeah, I think I could. I think that there are really great opportunities to do volunteer lawyering. And I've done pro bono work, and it is very enjoyable, and I enjoy working with those clients. I've been very close with Legal Services of Eastern Missouri for many years, and I've always actually really enjoyed doing that work and volunteering with them. And I think that's a great way to continue to use my legal education even if I didn't necessarily need it for a paycheck. The other thing that I think is really interesting and that I would still incorporate my legal background, even if I didn't, again, need to necessarily litigate to survive and pay my bills, (laughs) is legal podcasting, but in a different way. In a different way. This is interesting. You're on the right track. I didn't know you had this so much. (laughs) Here's the thing I enjoy. I enjoy, like, the theory of law and reading case law and what are the facts of a case and what's the opinions that come down. And there's a ton of podcasts that talk about this and talk about the history of these cases. And that's something that has always really intrigued me. Investigative journalism has always really intrigued me. And I think, honestly, if I hadn't gone to law school, I probably would have gone to uh, journalism school. And so I think about if I was, again, independently wealthy, I didn't have to work, I would love to have an opportunity to marry those two interests. And I think about, again, legal podcasting or like documentary style investigative journalism into these different legal issues. And I don't know, I'm going to plug a different podcast, but I'm thinking of the podcast right now of More Perfect, which does really great deep dives into famous Supreme Court cases. And that has always really interested me and intrigued me. And I remember I was binge listening to it one time when we were driving on a road trip and my husband, then boyfriend at the time, 
said something along the lines of, I was in law school at the time. So he was, you sit around and you just think about the law all the time because this is all you study. This is all you do. This consumes your life. And then in what little free time you have, you still want to listen to a podcast about lawyers and lawyering and the law. And I said, yeah, absolutely, because this is still really interesting. And so that's something I would want to do. So that's the legal side of things. I'm still interested in the law and I would still be interested in the law, even if I didn't necessarily, again, have to do it for work. So that's that side. But then I think about what would I do with the rest of my free time, which I would suddenly have an abundance of. And I think about what are my passion projects? What are my hobbies? And I think, honestly, this is something that women struggle with is finding time for hobbies and not feeling bad about pursuing other interests outside of our work and other responsibilities. And particular interests that I have that I wish I had more time to pursue, and if I did have the time, I would pursue art. I really love art. Ooh, you're good at it, too. Yeah, I'm like half, I'm not half bad at it. Actually, when I was in high school, my my art teacher tried to convince me to, to go to pursue art as a career. And I said, I, I don't want to be that hungry. I really <laughs> having a house and then food and a car. And, but it is it's something that's always just been a passion of mine since I was very young. And I would want to pursue that. I really love my animals, my cats. I would love to do like fostering and something like that. And the other thing I thought about, what else, what other kind of work could I do? And I thought about what's the most fun most fun I've ever had at a job. Not that this job isn't fun, but there's a lot of stress that comes with this job that kind of balances that fun back out. But the most fun I've ever had at a job was when I was in high school and I actually taught swim lessons. I I swam competitively for a number of years. And then when I quit starting high school, and that's frankly because I just Everyone else kept getting taller and I was not. And I tapped out at 5'3". <laughs> I said, I can't keep up with you. But I took a job lifeguarding and that turned into a job teaching swim lessons at all ages, by the way. My youngest students were three years old. My oldest student was 72 years old. And I really enjoyed that work and getting to watch my students progress. And I could see myself again if I'm independently wealthy and I have the time, and I feel like maybe being a philanthropist, and I would love to be able to share that love of swimming with others, especially people who may not necessarily have that opportunity. Obviously, pools aren't available everywhere, and swim lessons cost money. And I think being able to do something like that would be a really rewarding experience. And And I had fun doing it. It was a job, but I had a lot of fun going to work when I did it. And that's something I could see myself doing again. And actually, it's funny because a friend of mine who does not know how to swim reached out to me and asked if I would teach her how to swim this summer. So I am going to get back into it a little bit on the side. That's a really long answer because I've thought a lot about it. (laughs) That was an excellent answer. What would you name your swim school? I hadn't thought about that yet. (laughs) No. Dude, actually proposing you write your business plan. Yeah. When I hit the lottery, Elizabeth, after I call my accountant, 
It's your husband. Oh no, we would be hiring someone. <laughs> I just thought you meant you, calling you, your husband. You'll be, calling it your you'll be the next person I call Elizabeth with the name of my swim school. That's such an honor. If I ever <laughs> win the lottery, I will invest in your swim school and help you make your dreams come true. This is all on the record, right? We're getting all of this down. This is binding. Yeah. <laughs> I, like you, Liz, have different buckets that I think of how I would spend my time. And realistically, if I won the lottery, I didn't have to do anything. I couldn't do all three of these things. But on different days, I think that there's three different sort of paths that I may take. And one of them, like you, Liz, still involves the law, even if it wouldn't involve practicing law. One thing that I think I would do is love to teach the law. And I will probably get some eye rolls from not only <laughs> this room, but our greater listening audience. But law school was probably one of the best times of my life. I loved being in law school. I enjoyed, <laughs> I can see the eye rolls coming. <laughs> no, but I enjoyed the study process. I loved the outlining process. I ha made really good friends. I had really good professors. And something that I think I would like to do is teach so that I can hopefully add to someone else enjoying the experience as much as I did. And I do find it fascinating, like you, Liz, to keep up with things that are happening in the law and talk about them and teach them. I think one of the reasons I enjoyed my civil procedure class so much is because we didn't do it really by the textbook. My professor took real life examples of civil procedure issues that were happening in the courts at that time. And we talked about them and put them in perspective. And it just really was a teaching way that resonated with me. And so I think that I would like to do that to contribute to the next generation, so to speak. But along those same lines, my second bucket sort of thing that I would like to do, incorporate some of what I've already said, which is I enjoyed being a student, and also some of my favorite parts of the job that we do now. It's counterintuitive, but one of the reasons I like being a litigator so much is for the reading and writing. I like writing motions. I like digging into a point of law and making an argument. So reading and writing is really one of my my interests, my passions, along with being a student. So I really think more eye rolls to be expected, but I really think that I may go back to school and become a student again and get another degree because I really like the world of academia. And I don't know what that degree would be. It certainly wouldn't be like a medical degree, maybe a PhD in something, maybe a master's degree in something, perhaps something in literature. That was my background in undergrad was a literature degree, which I loved, kind of like you with art, Liz. Going into a profession in literature immediately after undergraduate was not going to be sustainable. And then the last sort of bucket would be, of course, the hobbyist side. I think everyone's thought of the little hobbies or jobs that they would spend their time doing, even though they're not lucrative necessarily. And I think some of my passions is not going to be a surprise, but reading. So maybe I would work in a bookshop or work in a library or open one of those. And then something else I really enjoy doing with my free time is cooking and learning about food and wine and cocktails and that sort of industry. So something that could combine them. Maybe it'll be a bookshop slash wine shop in the evening. So something like that. I don't know. I would probably just bop around to a couple different things in the hobbyist sphere, but it's a very fun thing to think about. And I'm sure my answer will change if you ask me in a year. I really love your business proposal of a bookshop slash wine 
was a wine shop? Wine bar? Wine mm-hmm. bar. I was like, a wine shop? Or you shop for wine? No. Okay. I really love your business proposal of a bookshop slash wine bar because then you can just go and relax and get your coffee and drink your drink your cafe while reading a nice novel and then just roll into the evening straight into happy hour. I think that's a million dollar idea. Get that on Shark Tank, Megan. Exactly. <laughs> and have you seen that thing that you could like a bookstore but with bartenders and you tell them like what books you like to read and they suggest your next book so incorporate that into your little you guys are giving me gold you better come up with a name though Uh, elizabeth is expecting one the the name will be proprietary for now but i'll let you guys know when i think of it or just some free ideas for our listeners (laughs) erica oh man it's my turn yeah all right, I'm going to give our listeners some behind-the-scenes information before we started recording. I had an appellate argument yesterday in front of the Missouri Court of Appeals, and so that has taken my focus. So I think someone graciously left me off the email this week discussing topics, and then I talked to them yesterday after my argument, and I'm like, so what are we doing for podcasting tomorrow? And they When I showed up today, Elizabeth looked at me before this episode and she said, you're going to love this. (laughs) We're going to be talking about what you would do if you didn't have to work. And it's my understanding that you would still do this. (laughs) And she looked at me with disdain. (laughs) So I am passing on to everyone her big eye roll at my major enthusiasm for what we do and the fact that I get everything I need, both professionally and personally, from this job. And I know I've said it before, but it really, what we do in litigation specifically, like checks every box that I have as far as what I require in my nine to five. And I'm glad that what I do and what we do day to day feels like a challenge and feels hard. Some background in the way I'm wired says that if it's feels easy or it feels comfortable, it's not worth doing. That's too harsh. I get that. But as I get further in my career, I didn't always feel that way. I didn't like start at law school being like, I'm going to be the best lawyer ever and everything is going to be cool. But it is the only career I've ever considered. (laughs) Seriously, from I know I've said this before, too. If you're loud and bossy as a young gal, everyone says you should be a lawyer. So I know that is a lot of people's experience. And I've always been like, okay, fine. (laughs) I'll do that. I waffled for a moment in college when it was time to go sign up for the LSAT. I had just gotten back from a study abroad semester, which was a wonderful opportunity, but it also had its challenges. And I don't want to be like whining about spending a beautiful spring in Italy, but I was really homesick. You know, I had to, I kind of went into it overconfident. And so personally, I had a lot of growth that semester that was really tough. And, And it was one of the first times like I really felt knocked down just because it was hard being away from home. And I thought I was going to be so capable. And I had all these ideas about what a wonderful, lovely semester it was going to be. And it was hard. There was a language barrier. We lived in a very local neighborhood in Rome where like you really were not appreciated if you weren't speaking Italian. And those kinds of things were really hard for me to experience. And my little sheltered life that I feel that I have led growing up was shattered a bit and I had to hack it on my own. 
So when I got back from that in college, the next step, that was my second semester junior year. So my next step was to sign up for the LSAT. And it just felt overwhelming as far as like, how do I do this? I just kind of had this shake in my confidence. Now I'm going to go out and endeavor on this next huge thing. Like maybe I should just take an entry level job for a year and figure it out. And then I took a step to look into doing something else. And I, (laughs) this is a true story. So I thought maybe I'd want to go to cooking school. I love to cook. I still probably need a lot of training (laughs) in cooking. I'm probably not nearly as good as I could be if I put more time into it. But I started looking what that looked like in application and what would I want to do, you know, with a with a culinary degree and whatever. And I called one of the schools back in St. Louis and I may have reached out to them through their website or something, but we scheduled a 20 minute call and the person on the other end of the line like asked me like what I was interested in and what would you want to do with a culinary degree and is there any questions I can answer? And I was like, no, thanks for the information. And then she offered me a spot. And I was like, what? what? That's it? And it was just too easy. And I just was like, no, I'm, I have it in me. I can go do this. I can go through the application process for law school. It reset my resolve, which was nice. But I guess I could maybe endeavor to actually answer your question if I wasn't such a hothead about loving my job (laughs) and wanting lawyers to love their job too, which is in part why we spend the time mentoring through this format. I'm not very inventive, and I think I'd be a nurse. So my mom's a nurse. In doing medical malpractice cases and personal injury, we're looking at medical records all day. I have deposed a ton of nurses, deposed a ton of doctors, and when I sit back and think about it, sorry, nurses are the salt of the earth, and I've always had such a respect for them. Over the last decade, I've specialized in birth injury cases. And in doing that type of work, sometimes the nurses involved from the liability aspect, but very often they're not. And seeing the interaction between nurses and doctors and how our clients come in and talk to me about, here's what happened in our labor and delivery experience and the relationship they had with their nurse during what was likely the most traumatic time of their life and potentially starting off a parenting experience that is nothing that they expected it to be because their child was injured in that labor and delivery setting. It's just such a kind of awe-inspiring thing to think that someone who was previously a complete stranger to you brings you through, you know, even with when things go perfect, and that's the majority of situations, every woman is going to remember their labor and delivery nurse and remember that person's influence in that experience. So I think that's what I would do. It seems hard. You have to be a jack of all trades. You have to know your stuff to be really good at it. And I would see that just as challenging from a professional and personal perspective and probably also 
check the boxes. I just get to do it in tennis shoes and scrubs instead of heels and a suit. (laughs) So I legitimately answered your question. But if I didn't have to work for a living, I hope somebody would still want me to litigate at their firm. Oh, I'm sure they would be happy for you to do that without having to pay you. But I I didn't say that was part of the condition. Maybe I would just contribute all my salary to great causes. I am glad to hear how much you love this job. I do find it to be refreshing. And I think that our what you my disdain for it comes from a little bit, maybe a place of envy, just because I think it depends on the season you're in with this career. It is a long one. And the beginning of it is obviously very challenging. And some days are a lot harder than others. But I'm glad that you love it so much. And I do think that leaves us with some aspiration. Maybe one day we can get there when things become a little bit more comfortable because it is such a challenge. And I'm really glad that everyone had an answer that left with like a real job and then something that would be like more fun. I certainly have thought about this a lot. I, My mom always said like when she couldn't sleep at night, she would think about what she would do if she won the lottery. So I feel like I've been really prepped for this for a long time. <laughs> but my answer would probably be I would immediately move to the beach because I find that brings me the most peace. I'm sorry to say I would leave St. Louis. I wouldn't stick around. You don't love the beautiful beaches of St. Louis? (laughs) The Mississippi Shore? It's gorgeous. I would be sad to leave the Arch. I could come back to visit, I guess. The muddy Mississippi? It's beautiful. So I would move to the beach, and I love to read. I've been reading forever. I keep track of all the books I read. I make sure to make it in time, make time for it throughout, even with having this job. And that is something that I would obviously continue to do. But I've always liked the idea of becoming a writer. That would be kind of a creative outlet for me. I think it's pretty interesting that we all have that like creative thing because I I don't know if it's common for lawyers or not, because it's something that is a downside of this job. You don't get to be super creative in your arguments. Yeah, but sometimes you miss out on you like to do art and you both like to cook and stuff. And you can do that. You could try to make time for it, but that becomes challenging. I would probably spend most of my time writing and if we're just on the beach and relaxing and that sounds great but you might get bored I would also this is silly but I would just be that person that rents out chairs on the beach I think that sounds great I would come visit you a lot you you. would be giving the chairs to people and yeah you just get to sit on the beach all day you get to meet strangers and you have a real job yeah wait you're not gonna be one of the people who actually set up and take down right because I've seen them schlep those chairs and it looks so physically demanding yeah maybe there'd be two (laughs) of us okay so you're managing a business yeah yeah I see yeah (laughs) that sounds pleasant hey Elizabeth what's your chair rental business name (laughs) oh it's hard it's salty (laughs) that's great all right you're welcome Uh, and if i had to have a real job i wouldn't want to have one but i always thought of i wanted to be a doctor for the longest time but that sounds just as hard as our profession so i don't know that i would go that way with worse hours yeah and and it's ironic that i sue doctors for a living now so i obviously chose a different path but if i had to just have a regular job I would probably have been a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher for a decent portion of life. Teachers like nurses, it's they're in there day in and day out. And it's, I'm sure it feels like a thankless profession a lot of the time. So they must have a lot of patience and something I'm short on some days. So very impressed with all the teachers. And I don't know that I could do it, but I would like to try. And 
as we're recording this, I think last week was Nurses and Teachers Week. So shout out to all of our listeners who are nurses or teachers. Hold up. You're telling me we can't even give them their own week? They each, they're separate, but I'm pretty sure they overlap. I just want to chime in. I think it is really fun to talk about here's all the things I would do if money was no object and I didn't have to worry about the stress of bills and having to support my family. And I think it is really easy to sometimes in this job to focus on the negatives because this job is stressful. It is it's like a boxing match, right, where it feels like you're getting your head knocked in sometimes. But I will say it is a really great privilege to be able to do the kind of work we do. And I I fully recognize that we are all very lucky to represent the clients that we do, to be able to put up the fight in court that we do, even though it is a boxing match. I feel like I'm boxing for the right side. I always know that whenever I go into court, I can represent someone that I feel good about, that I support, that I want to help. And nothing against the other side. I know that there are many defense lawyers who feel just as passionate about defending their their clients, whether they're individuals or or corporations. And similarly, in the criminal realm, if you are going in there as a prosecutor and you're there on behalf of the people of your state or your country. And then similarly, on the criminal defense side, these are folks that that need protection from government overreach as well and, and deserve to have zealous advocacy in the courtroom. And that's what I think is really inspiring about the, the work that we do is every lawyer I talk to, they do feel very passionate about their clients. And that is what drives us every day to do this. But it is always fun to think about what if I didn't have to worry about Monday morning driving into work. And I would encourage our listeners to maybe take a little bit of time out of your day and do a little daydreaming about what you do enjoy. It is fun to to think about other things you may be interested in. And maybe that would help push you into pursuing those passions as a hobby, trying to pri- prioritize that for yourself and make time for yourself in that way. Because I do think, like you said, Elizabeth, it is important to have those creative outlets. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, I posed this question to my friends and the I found it interesting that the people who said that they would continue doing exactly what they're doing all happen to practice public interest law, either public defenders or prosecutors somewhere. And I think that it, you touched on this, but I think those are some of our most zealous advocates in our system and we are lucky to have them. Like Liz said, I'd encourage you to indulge in this thought exercise, maybe bring it up at your next happy hour or at dinner with your family. Just think it through and try to make some time for those hobbies that maybe you haven't been making the time for in the past, because I think it makes your day job a little bit more enjoyable. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Heels in the Courtroom. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. And if you have any thoughts or questions for us, Feel free to email us at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and we will talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. At The Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning. <laughs>